You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. I felt the Lord totally change my direction. Wednesday night in our youth chapel, God moved in such a powerful way. Our young people were digging into the service. And right before church, my son Ezra's nose started to bleed from both nostrils. And Jane was sent into the youth prayer room by my wife to get me. And I I came to the bathroom and all I seen was the paper towel just full of blood. As he had lost so many clots. And I jumped to whatever. I only knew what to do when I feel like I'm out of control, out of a situation. I immediately jumped into prayer. And I said, God, you know what's going on. I don't. But stop the bleeding. It was in that moment we got done praying. And my wife said, I think you need to go get the young people. And I think we really need to, we really need to take this serious. And so I went and got the young people. And the young people began to pray in faith. And that faith that was released in that room totally took the bleeding out of Ezra's nose and nostrils, and he never had one clot since. Come on, that's the power of God. That's the God that we serve tonight. So I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what you have need of. God is in the room tonight. And if you would respond to the Word of God, I prophesy and I speak over this congregation tonight that there will be a spiritual liberty that will be outpoured in this room. I claim it and speak it in Jesus' name. I spoke a short word over our young people. But as God's presence began to enter into the room, God just did such an incredible work. And I feel to release that same atmosphere in this house tonight. It was on my drive home that I felt the Lord say something to me he said those young people are going to create a culture of spiritual liberty and they will bring it upstairs and there will be a shift in the spirit I'm telling you tonight I only gave them a five minute exhortation but tonight I want to share with the church as a whole congregation of what the Lord laid upon my heart for us as a church and I feel like where we're heading can I do that tonight I wonder if we could pray one more time. Thank you, music team, for leading us into the presence of God. And I wonder if you would lift up your voice right now. And if we could just begin to claim things as though they already were. Lord Jesus, we take dominion and we take authority over anything that would try to move the the Holy Ghost right now. God, we bind it in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray, God, that there would be a liberty from this point on, God. To speak your word, Lord, with boldness, God. To speak it with authority, Jesus. I believe that you're going to do a quick work in somebody's life tonight. In Jesus' name. And would you clap your hands unto the Lord? And would you shout? Oh, come on, somebody shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Hallelujah.
Amen. You may be seated. Paul wrote to the Galatian church in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. In the ESV version, it says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Again, Galatians 5 and 1 in the King James Version. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Tonight I want to speak to you on spiritual liberty. Spiritual liberty. National Freedom Day commemorates the date February 1st, 1865, when Abraham Lincoln, who was the nation's president at that time, he signed a joint resolution that proposed the 13th Amendment to the United States Constitution. And in the mid-20th century, uh, Major Richard Robert Wright Sr., born into slavery and freed after the Civil War, he believed that there should be a day when freedom for all Americans should be celebrated. And Richard Wright invented or invited national and local leaders to meet in Philadelphia in order to make plans to designate February 1st as an annual memorial to the signing of the 13th Amendment in the U.S. Constitution by President Lincoln on this date. The amendment freed all U.S. slaves. And one year after Wright's death in 1947, both houses of the U.S. Congress passed a bill to make February 1st National Freedom Day. The holiday proclamation was signed into the law on June 30th, 1948 by President Harry Truman. On this day, many towns and cities have festivals. Some citizens reflect privately on the freedoms that the United States honor and appreciate the goodwill of the United States. In Philadelphia, wreath laying at the Liberty Bell has been a tradition for many years to remark National Freedom Day. And symbols of the day may include the theme about freedom for all Americans. And we think of freedoms, we think of things like freedom of association, freedom of belief, freedom to express oneself, freedom of the press, freedom of religion, bondage and slavery, and freedom of movement. Freedom is defined as the power or the right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. Number two, even the state of not being imprisoned uh, or in slavery. My defi definition tonight of freedom is a life completely surrendered to Christ. Here in Canada, we have the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, where everyone has the, the following fundamental freedoms, the freedom of conscience and religion, freedom of thought, belief, opinion, and expression, including freedom of the press and other media of communication, freedom of peaceful assembly. But we have something even greater than that. We have a freedom way beyond just a thought. We have a th uh, uh, something that's greater beyond the media. We have a freedom in our God. And the reason that we can is because He made a way when He removed the veil. And we see that the old covenant has been surpassed by the new. And that Christ actually fulfills the law. We have the freedom to come Wednesday after Wednesday. Come on, we have the freedom to come Friday after Friday. And we have two services on Sunday. Somebody ought to be thankful for the freedom and the liberty that you have in Christ. I want to focus for a couple minutes on our young people. There has been a huge increase of mental health in young people. 
especially the ages between 12 and 17. Depression and anxiety, behavior disorders have been ruling and controlling the minds and hearts of our young people. Many children have fears and worries and may feel sad and hopeless from time to time. Strong fears may appear at different times during development. For example, toddlers are often very distressed about being away from their parents, even if they're safe and cared for. Although some fears and worries are typical in children, persistent or extreme of fear and sadness could be due to anxiety or depression. And when we think of anxiety, when children uh, do not outgrow the fears and worries that are typical in young children, or when there are so many fears and worries that they interfere with school and home and their play activities. The child may be diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. And some examples of anxiety disorders would be um, separation anxiety, being very afraid when they're away from parents, uh, different type of phobias which causes having extreme fear about specific thing or situations, maybe it could be a dog or insects, or going to the doctor. Uh, also, social anxiety, being very afraid of school and other places where there are people. General anxiety, being very worried about the future and about bad things general. I want to tell you tonight, you have to worry about your future. God knows your future. You've got nothing to fear. God is with you tonight. Having repeated episodes of sudden, unexpected, intense fear that come with symptoms like heart pounding and having trouble breathing or feeling dizzy, shaky. This would be a panic disorder. Anxiety may present as fear, as worry, but also can make children irritable and angry. Anxiety symptoms also include trouble sleeping, as well as physical symptoms like fatigue and headaches or stomach aches. Some, some children have anxious thoughts and worries to themselves, uh, so it can, be, it can be easy to miss sometimes. But occasionally, talking about depression now, occasionally being sad or feeling hopeless is part of every child's life. However, some children feel sad or uninterested in things that they used to enjoy or feel helpless or hopeless in situations they're not able to change. And when children feel persistent sadness and hopelessness, they may be diagnosed with depression. And examples of behaviors often seen in children with depression include feeling sad, hopeless, or irritable a lot of the time, not wanting to do or enjoy doing fun things, showing changes in eating patterns so you would see that they're not eating enough or maybe eating less, showing changes in sleep patterns, showing changes in energy, having a hard time paying attention, feeling worthless, useless, useless, or guilty. Come on, this is our young people we're talking about tonight. Showing self-injury and self-destructive behavior. Extreme depression can lead a child to think about suicide for a plan to end their life. For youth ages 10 to 24, suicide is among the leading causes of death according to the youth suicide prevention. Now watch this. This is in regards to our adults. Anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the U.S., affecting 40 million adults, 19.1% of the population age 18 and older every year. Anxiety disorders are highly treatable, yet only 36.9% of those suffering actually receive treatment. It's not uncommon for someone with an anxiety disorder to suffer from depression or vice versa. 
nearly one half of those diagnosed with depression are also diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. You hear of things like general anxiety disorder. 6.8 million adults, or 3.1% of the U.S. population, yet only 43.2% actually receive the treatment. In panic disorder, it affects 6 million adults, or 2.7% of the U.S. population. There's a need in our world today. Social anxiety affects 15 million adults, or 7.1% of the U.S. population. It's, I don't know if hearing this tonight affects you, but it affects me. 19.3 adults, or 9.1% of the population, is affected by phobias. Everyone experienced stress and anxiety at one time or another. The difference between them is the stress is a response to the threat in a situation. And anxiety is a reaction to the stress. What I'm sharing with you is that it is not just in our children. It is not just in our young people. But it is also in our adults. In fact, some adults have carried it with them through childhood and still have it now. Yet I want to tell you that it is not the will of God for you to have anxiety. It is not the will of God for you to even have depression. It is not even the will of God for you to take your own life that God has given you. Rather, Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In my prayer time, I have felt the Lord speak to me in regards to our youth hyphen and adults. Mental health has been a huge effect on our congregation. The enemy, or what the scripture calls the thief, comes only to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Jesus came so that you could have life and you could have it more abundantly. The Lord is wanting to release a spiritual liberty in you. Something that has been lacking for a long enough time. God is wanting to restore somebody in their joy. He's wanting to restore somebody in their peace. And He's wanting them to have a completion in their heart. That depression that is on you right now does not have a hold on you for a lifetime. That anxiety that you have been dealing with since a very young age does not have a hold on the future and the freedom that God wants you to live in. Weeping may tarry for the night, but it's joy. It's joy. Oh, I wish I had somebody that had joy tonight. It's joy that comes in the morning. I've got a simple message to push someone's faith just a little bit more. That will give you the power to believe in your spiritual liberty. Isaiah 61 verse 1 to 4. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Here it is. To proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. To grant to those who mourn in Zion to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes. The oil of gladness instead of mourning. The garment of praise instead of a faint spirit. That they may be called the oaks of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. That they may be glorified 
They shall build up the ancient ruins, and they shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. When Jesus preached his first sermon in hometown synagogues, he read those exact verses, and he said that they were fulfilled that exact day. They might seem at first glance to refer to either the prophet Isaiah or Israel. But don't be alarmed tonight because it was Jesus. And he made it very clear that they were written about him and the ministry that God would give him. Which shows me, and I hope that it shows you tonight, that Jesus alone has the power to proclaim these words. And he has the power to proclaim these actions over your life. That same goes for us in the spiritual realm today. You can still proclaim liberty to the captives. Freedom to those who are bound in chains of addiction. A comfort to those who are in mourning. Come on, somebody. He wants to restore somebody back in their praise and worship. I want to just take some time here for a moment and proclaim God's favor in your life. Mental illness has no control over the spiritual liberty that God wants to give you. This spiritual liberty, it will give you a headspace. It'll give you a calmness in your spirit, a peace to lay your head down at night and not worry and have fear. You will see an incredible result throughout our services because of the fact that God turned around someone's emotional disaster into an opportunity to show you his power and to show you his liberty. It was in Acts 12 that King Herod was made king over Palestine by the Roman emperor, but he reigned only about three, uh, three years in, in this captivity, and he was ambitious to make a new name for himself, and he undertook, obtained favor with the Jews by persecuting the Christians. He ordered James, the brother of John, to be slain with the sword, and when he saw this act pleases the Jews, he immediately imprisoned Peter, and he planned to kill him. Peter, he was put in prison by four soldiers assigned to guard him. And Herod evidently intended to try to swamp out Christianity by killing all those who preached the doctrine of Jesus Christ. Scripture tells us that Peter was therefore kept in prison. But prayer, someone say but prayer. Prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. I just feel to tell somebody, that's the power of the church. Come on, that's the power that you possess tonight. That if somebody is lost and if we call them up in prayer and we believe together with the body of Christ, it's God who's going to snatch them out of the hell or the pit that they find themselves in. The enemy has no hold on them because Jesus wants to give them life. It shows us the secret to victorious Christianity. You can still live a life of victory. There is still victory in the name of Jesus. We see that there was a high power accessible by prayer than that which had bound Peter in prison. God can override all human power and he can override any power of the air. Peter was chained up together with two other soldiers, one on either side and two stood to guard the door in prison cell. But watch this. Peter did not appear to be concerned. As he slept soundly between the two soldiers, he did not have any assurance of his deliverance, but he committed himself to the Lord for whatever his will would be for his life. 
And whatever that was, Peter was just going to hold on to that. That's all he had. That reminds me of the three Hebrew boys that we read about in Daniel 3. Left the matter of either deliverance or death by the hand of the Lord. And God had delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And saw fit to deliver Peter from the hands of the enemy. It was in the night only a few hours just before Peter was to be brought out to be killed. That God sent an angel to lead him to safety. And as Peter lay sleeping between the two guards... God shined his supernatural light into the prison and the angel struck him on the side to wake him up. And as that angel lifted him up, telling him to rise up quickly, it was then the Bible tells us that those chains immediately fell off his hands. He got himself ready. He got his sandals on. He slipped on his coat. And that angel, he began walking him and instructing him out. Come on, that's, that's somebody tonight. An angel's about to be sent to bring you out of your prison. He thought that he was having just a vision. He thought that he was just having a dream. He thought that he would wake up the next day and still be in that cell. But the Lord has all the guards unconscious while the angel left Peter past them all. And the angel led Peter out of the prison through the iron gate and a little ways down the street. And it was then that he looked back and that angel had disappeared. I said all of that to tell you this. Some, have, some of you have been chained in your prison of depression. And some of you have your prison of anxiety. To make it more broad, I will say your prison, your prison of mental health. And the Lord is about to release angels of deliverance to go before you. And hear me when I tell you that you will not be harmed. And that you will have protection by God's hand. And through this illness, it has been wearing, wearing you down physically spiritually, emotionally, and mentally. But God, even tonight, is going to restore you and strengthen your physical body. God is going to heal, and He's going to do a quick work. And what has been broken, it will be fixed. What has been ruined and torn down, God is about to restore it. And when you finally realize it yourself, just like Peter, when you walk out of your prison, you will see God's hand of deliverance. You will see and you will feel spiritual liberty that is going to stir up the Spirit and the presence of God in your personal lives and even within our services. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Now the Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is... There is liberty. Some of you are so chained up that you can't even raise your hands and complete surrender to God. You have so much weighing on your mind and life has basically been coming at you. Your shoulders are sore that you can't even think straight. The enemy, he would like to try and distract you so that you cannot feel free. And that's why he tempts you with the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh. But the Lord has brought me to this pulpit to tell somebody tonight, that you will be free. That you will be free. And that you will have spiritual liberty. You will walk and live a holy life. Separated and completely surrendered to Christ. John chapter 8 verse 36. So whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Jeremiah, he found himself in a prison of his own. 
And God promised him peace. Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 1 to 3. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time, while he was yet shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord formed it to establish it. The Lord is his name. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. I think that scripture is so powerful because it's telling us that he wants to give you great things, but at the end of the scripture, it tells you that you don't even know about yet. And so I just want to proclaim to somebody tonight, even though you're not aware of it, and maybe you don't know about it, but God is making a way for your liberty to happen today. You can be assured that moment that you reach this altar tonight, when you begin to call upon his name, he will answer you. He will answer your cry. He will show you mighty and great things. Things that you don't even have knowledge about. And the Lord is saying, I'm going to make a way for you to experience my liberty. I'm going to give you to a solution to overcome that depression. I'm going to give you strength to overcome that anxiety. There is about to be a fresh liberty of the Spirit of God. And it's going to flow into the sanctuary. And angels of deliverance and healing are about to enter into your need. Somebody is about to receive peace in their mind. Somebody is about to receive joy in their life. Somebody's about to walk out of the sanctuary completely delivered with the liberty and freedom to live their life in complete surrender to God. Can we stand together right now? Hallelujah, Jesus. God, let it happen right now. Let the liberating power of the Holy Ghost begin to enter into every pew right now, Jesus. Every weight of depression, every weight of anxiety, we bind it and we take authority over it right now. God, we come against mental illness and mental health. God, it has no room in this sanctuary tonight. Let your power be demonstrated through each life. Let there be freedom. Let there be hope. Let there be peace. Let there be comfort. Let there be joy in the presence of God right now. Weeping may tarry for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I'm going to ask the music team to come back. And I'm wondering if you could just flood this altar right now before the music even gets here. I believe the moment that you step your feet in this altar, that God is about to send some liberty to you right now. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.